Happy Bruise Day Tuesday, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Today, I sit down with Tanner Morrison from Brew Chat. You'll remember Tanner from our episode on the Atlanta Beer Bus last summer. If you haven't heard it, definitely go back and check it out. It was a beautiful disaster from start to finish. <laughs> so uh, Tanner actually came down to visit um, Atlanta from Chattanooga to do the photography for one of my film festivals. And after one night after one of the festivals, we ended up sitting down, having a few beers, and we decided to record an episode. I have to say, this was a pretty fun episode. Um, no structure to it whatsoever. We just completely winged it. And uh, I will say this is our longest episode ever, but I just didn't feel like cutting anything out. I felt like every bit of the conversation was really fun, really off the cuff, and just kind of captured Tanner and I's personality and dynamic really, really well. So I hope you all like it. Um, you're going to feel like you're in the kitchen with us. And, you know, I hope you all enjoy it. We talk about everything from beer, Chattanooga, what we would do under a bear attack, and 90 Day Fiance. Enjoy. Oh, hi. Yeah, so that's like the first part. That's the chorus. It's a pretty badass song. I love it. And that I love is them. a badass song. It's really cool. And I say this all the time, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing me saying it, but I'm sure Sweet Crude's tired of hearing me say it, but I think that they're like a Cajun vampire weekend. I could see that, yeah. They're great. It's kind of... I don't, I've don't. i not listened to a bunch of Cajun music, but uh, I don't know. It reminds me of like the times of like building the railroad. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, well, and that may be because I've been watching this show, uh, Hell on Wheels, which is about that, but it uses a bunch of Cajun music in there. Okay. That's a good okay. show. That's a good show. Yeah. I just think about like flat bottom boats and yeah. like alligators and crawfish and like, mm. yeah, but railroad, that's interesting, but you know. Well, it's mainly due to that show. I've just okay. been watching a lot of that. I like it's it. a good show. Okay, but, now that you explain yeah. the show thing, because I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Can no. we curse on your podcast? Curse away. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so, yeah. Now I feel uncomfortable. Do you curse I'm, on yours? Yes. Yeah. I'm, we're called yeah. Bitch Beer. Yeah. See? Everybody My, asks us. I'm like, it's a beer podcast. Like, yeah. we don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, well, I get, I get, like, texts from my dad. My dad, is he lives in Chattanooga. And he'll text me and be like, why do you have to curse so much, Caroline? I think it devalues your brand. And I'm like, I, I don't really know what to say to that, Dad. I get the exact same thing from my parents. And it's just kind of like, neither of them really drink too much. I yeah. mean, my dad might have, like, two McUltras once in a while. Yeah. But they don't really get the culture. Yeah. It's like anybody that's in the brewery, like we all swear. Yeah. Plus you, it seems like same as I cross over pretty regularly with comedy people yeah. as well. So they definitely curse. Yeah. I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. It's just, well, and I've stopped like censoring myself around my parents. I yeah. just kind of say whatever. Cause also I feel like it's kind of a, positive thing to them it's like hey i'm i'm comfortable I'm myself around you and i'm comfortable like yeah. you should like this yeah oh uh my little sister um she has two babies uh miles and sloan so miles is three now 
or four, it's three like or four. Villain names. <laughs> Miles and Sloan. Yeah, and yeah. Sloan is she's adorable. She's only like one. Um, but anyways, the last time I was visiting, um, I watched the kids, and of course, like right after I watched them, Miles said the f word. And he got in trouble. And I was like, that was me, sorry. The next time I came over, I slipped up and I accidentally said fuck. And I was like, oh, fuck, shit, damn it, oh. And then Miles goes, you're not supposed to say Aunt Cece words. <laughs> and I'm, I'm Aunt Cece. <laughs> We're not supposed to say Aunt Cece words. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm known for. <laughs> and then he calls beer um, Aunt Cece soda. And then wine, Aunt Cece juice. So I am the drunk aunt that curses a lot. <laughs> that's a good thing to be, though. I I'm think. actually pretty proud of that. Yeah, that's a good thing to be. I actually kind of yeah. teared up when he was like, "That's an Aunt Cece word." <laughs> <laughs> now, my buddy Eric, he uh, he's got a six-year-old, and. It's pretty commendable. He doesn't. I mean, he's come on the podcast once in a while, but he doesn't really censor him from anything and just let them experience the world. I think that's kind of how you should do. Yeah. Like he'll cuss once in a while. Like, and it's hilarious to see the, uh, like a little six year old be like, shit, but mean (laughs) it, but mean it. Like like, you, you know, it's like, Oh, he knows he fucked up and he's like, ah, shit. (laughs) And it's hilarious to watch a six year old legitimately curse. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just being like, shit. You know, looking for a reaction or whatnot. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. That is pretty great. Yeah. Kids are really funny. Kid, yeah, kids are weird. They really are very yeah. weird. I'm not a big fan of kids, personally. Uh, I don't want my own children. Yeah. I feel like I'm too young. I mean, how is a 31-year-old supposed to take care of a child? That's just, that's not. Somehow my parents did it, and I do not understand. My parents were so young when they had me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Um. Okay, let's move on from kids. Yeah, that's warping the brain. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's listen to my theme song. I'm okay, just going to... Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm going to unplug this. So we went through a couple different theme songs, and uh, I don't know, four or five even. You know, we this will be our 205th episode that we post as Brew Chat. And, yeah, we went through... Four, like three to five different theme songs until I landed on this one. And I just really loved this one because I love 80s shit and yeah. I love ridiculousness. And it doesn't really make sense with anything, but I like it. But I'm going to play the whole sequence. Okay. Because I like to conjure this vibe that I'm flying a spaceship. Okay. I'm through the beerscape. Ooh. And so we've got a whole boot up sequence that plays. So I'll play that. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I've always liked something. <laughs> it's so good. It's so ridiculous. And you're also wearing your NASA hat. Yeah. Usually I would have a uh, hat from Riverside Wine and Spirits located on Manufacturer's Road. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just really love this theme. It's a little ridiculous. We've actually got a – I'm reworking it right now, but we've got a video when we do our live recordings in studio and whatnot that 
they can hit in the control room and it'll actually play like a whole like me hitting buttons and it's got like a hyperspace thing in there and all that good stuff. It's I'm pretty it's jealous good time. of that. I'm not gonna lie. It's a good time. It's super cheesy, but it's a good time. Oh yeah. That's pretty awesome. I don't know if I could get away with something like that. I feel like I'm already pretty extra to begin with. Yeah. So I think keeping it of like I'll leave it up to the experts of Sweet Crude. Yeah. To do my theme song. Yeah. No, I get pretty ridiculous with some of the stuff we do. I love it. So let's uh it's like a podcaster on podcast. Yeah. What, what started you doing bitch beer? Well, so, um, yeah, about a year and a half ago, um, I wanted to learn more about beer because I just, it's so overwhelming, especially like I kind of came into the scene, like not really knowing much, but there were just so many craft breweries, especially in Atlanta, just popping up everywhere. And I liked going to breweries and I liked going to bars and I liked the idea of like, oh, I'm traveling to a new place. I want to try the local beer. But I didn't really understand like the logistics of like, I didn't really know like the different, uh, like what actually is an IPA and like, what's the difference between, like I would just kind of like order it because it yeah, sounded yeah. cool. And um, so I was like, you know what? I actually want to learn about beer. And um, when I was like doing my research, it was more uh, just kind of just a bunch of blogs about like by dudes that were just talking shit about a bunch of beer and nothing against dudes at all. Like I have like, obviously like you're a great friend and I've got all like, you know, 90% yeah, there's a of my bunch friends. of dudes talking shit about beer, but a yeah. lot of people talk shit and it makes you feel intimidated and it makes you feel stupid. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to feel stupid. And I really just want to learn about beer from people who make it. And also like from a female perspective, um, just to kind of, I just, I, I'm just hypersensitive to mansplaining. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to interview women. I was going to start it as a blog and just do kind of like an Instagram of like Caroline taste beer around Atlanta shit. Um, and then uh, my friend Ashley um, and her now fiance, Ben, Ben is a sound engineer. And I was like, you know what? This They actually, they went to breweries all the time and they actually knew quite a bit about beer. So I was like, maybe I'll just, maybe we could just do a podcast. And so, uh, cause they already had a podcast about movies um, and so, yeah, just got together with them. And then that's how we started. Um, they left the podcast about four months ago. Um, wish them the best. They're awesome. You know, Ben is a really successful sound engineer in film and television. And I was like, yeah, please take work that pays you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, they just wanted to plan their wedding. Um, I don't remember which Ashley's up to. I don't, she told me, but I don't remember. Um, but Yeah. You know, they're super busy and, you know, more power to them. No hard feelings. We're still good friends. Um, see them around all the time. So, um, but, you know, I decided to take the podcast and keep going with it because um, I like traveling. I like, and I've really just fall, fallen in love with the beer scene and made so many amazing friends and just like lifelong it's connections. It's good people. It's amazing like, people. For real. And it's so incredible to walk into a space where I used to feel like I didn't belong. Mm. And now, like, I can be very confident if I walk into pretty much any brewery in Atlanta, I will know at least two or three people. Yeah. And and if I don't, then I can introduce myself and be like, hey, my name's Caroline. Like, you know, mm. let's be friends, you know. Yeah. And it, it just made me so much more comfortable in that scene. So, yeah. No, all around, I'm the same way as when I first started Brew Chat. I didn't necessarily know a ton about beer. I was just interested in it, yeah. kind of the exact same way. 
And I got to know some home brewers. I got to know some local brewers on the professional level. And, and I'm talking in Chattanooga. I thought that thing had died, but no, it's still kicking. Still Damn. Uh, but no, I got to know some professional brewers and some home brewers. And now I've got a huge network of people. And yeah. it's all, and it still amazes me, actually, because all of my friend, like my main friends I hang out with, I've pretty much met through brewing. That's so cool. And just how like, or brewing or doing brew chat stuff. And it's like, no, we like to hang out and drink good beer and have a good time. Yeah. And chill. Like, it's so weird how it's like, it attracts you or like, I don't know. It's just kind of my tribe is what I kind of discovered. No, it's, it's weird. so easy. It's like you kind of like you have that common ground. You just kind of always have something to talk about. Yeah. And yeah, I think it, that's exactly how I feel like um, last weekend was the Dames and Drags Beer Fest. Yeah. And it was the beer festival um, that celebrates women in the beer industry. Uh, Bitch Beer, we got to host it with the craft beer connoisseur, um, Christine. She's amazing. Craft Beer Chris. Um, we had so much fun. And it's just it, the whole festival. It was like I couldn't say, like I kept feeling like I was missing people that I was saying hi to. It was like, oh my gosh, there's so many people around that I know and I love, and I'm so happy everybody's mm -hmm. here. You know, it was it was really cool. Yeah. No. Cool anytime scene. I go to these beer festivals that are in Chattanooga, to me it's kind of like a tiny little class reunion. Yeah. Sort of thing of, of but of people you actually want to fucking see because I can't all see those people in one day ever except at a beer festival. It's like, oh hey, you're having to deal with this too. It's hot as fuck out here. Cool. <laughs> and uh, it's just. I don't know. It's a good time. It's a good tribe of people. It is. Yeah, it really is. And it's weird how they're all similar. Like, yeah. And so also weird how you and I are similar because, okay, so you and I, we met in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah, let's do a history lesson Okay. Here. Yeah. Let's take it back. So the year Which, was... You tell this. Where can I grab another beer in here? Uh, beer's in the fridge, and it is in the crisper. Because that's the biggest drawer. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Um, I have, so I still have some stouts from Monday night. I've got some stuff from Highland. Just pick whatever you want, and we'll split it. We've got our, uh, we open up this can, and he's like, oh, yeah, I want you to try this. And I was like, cool. And he's like, can we get, oh, yeah, oh, I haven't tried it yet. Let's do it. And he's like, we need our tasting glasses. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. And of course, I know I knew he was serious, but also it was like, okay, fancy pants. Which, yeah, I mean, I'm tangled around this chair here. No, we've got little snifters for the podcast, so I'm used to. I'm, yeah, I didn't realize that made me fancy. <laughs> I'm just using like glassware that we have here. I have like boxes filled with just glassware now of like all the different breweries. Yeah, we use the, the little like festival snifters that are like four ounces or whatever they are. Oh, that's cool. And, Maybe uh, I should do that. Just so that way we can line up because I like to compare colors of beers and Oh, we have like, like more of these glasses though. Do you want me to get a few more out? No, I mean, for these, it's not necessarily, we mainly only compare colors. That's cool. It's also good. It's a good visual for people that watch and... That's cool. Why not? So. See, and this is the first time I've done anything visual with the po with the podcast. Yeah. So, which is super cool. I want to add that in the future, but I am poor. I'm still messing with it, and uh, like I've always done video, but I'm still messing with this GoPro aspect. 
but I'm kind of liking what I got where I can just like take this and that mm-hmm. and I'm good to go. Yeah. yeah. Like seemingly, seemingly, I think I'm going to buy a little tiny mixer, like maybe just like a two channel to a four channel mixer that I can have in addition to that. But as of right now, I'm just operating on batteries and I think that's pretty rad. That, that is pretty cool. cool. Like I don't need any power where if I add a mixer, I'll need power, but we just cracked open the good schist from Hutton and Smith. It's a, uh, I thought schist was a beer term for the longest time, but it's actually a geology term. Is it? Yeah. But no, Hutton and Smith. Uh, I fucking can't remember now. <laughs> it's a little known up. fact. It's a geology uh, term. I don't know. Let's see here. Oh, I started telling the history of us. Yeah, the history of us. How do we know each other? So uh, we met. So I'm from New Orleans, but moved to Chattanooga after Hurricane Katrina. And it was like 2005. Yeah. And we both worked at Cold Stone Creamery in downtown Chattanooga. My second job ever. Yep. Uh, Something like that for me, too. Um, And I was training Tanner because he was new. And I was training him how to make the waffle cones. And I still, on this hand, have a waffle iron scar because I was talking to him while I was teaching him and I waffle ironed my hand. It was very embarrassing. Because I was a teenager and everything is embarrassing when you're a teenager. Whereas now if I were to well, waffle... Well, those waffle cones, were, I never really did get the hang of it. You had to... Because it's not... I mean, it's like a waffle maker, but it presses them super fucking tight. Yeah. And it makes a huge mess while you're doing it, and it's hot. But you have to take these hot waffles off and shape them into a cone while they're hot. Immediately, yep. And, and then they dry. Yeah. Basically, like, all of us had our fingerprints seared off. Like, yeah. that was the whole point. Like, it was all of us, like, little teenagers with, like, bleeding fingers trying yeah. to make these fucking waffle cones. Um, so yeah, that was the only way to do it. My brother cut himself real good down there. Shit. Yeah, I got him a job there maybe about a year later. Damn. And he cut himself on the, uh, it held the uh, spades, the little. Oh, the uh, the trough or whatever? Yeah, the trough that held the spades. Damn. He cut himself on the edge of that pretty good. That stainless steel cut, too, that lasts yeah. for a while. He had to get stitches. Beth paid for it all, though. Oh, like, Beth is sweet. Yeah, she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I loved Beth. I used to babysit her kids. She's one of the best. I used to uh, pressure wash her driveway. <laughs> That's so good. She would always find these extra odd jobs for us for us to make more money. Yeah. But like on our days off, be like, do you want to babysit the kids? And like literally I brought, I think I had like these dance music videos and I brought them over to her house. And then like we just did like dance music videos all day with her Beth kids. Beth was great. She was awesome. She was to this day one of the best bosses I've ever had. Same. She, she was, was so fantastic. nice. Yeah. She was super nice and understanding. I told her I was like wanting to make more money. And, uh. She made me, like, the official maintenance guy or whatever. Like, it just gave me a bunch of jobs and, like, titles of basically shit nobody else wanted to do. <laughs> like, clean the air filters out of the, the blast freeze and all that. Just, just bullshit nobody else wanted to do. And, oh, the toilet broke. Okay, we'll call Tanner, you know. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. You're going to pay me more, whatever. But it also taught me of a ton of fucking skills. Like, I'm pretty fucking handy. Yeah. You know, I can tinker and fuck around on shit. And 
just messing around there, and yeah. she paid me to do it. So, well, because like she would, she would, she was the type of person that if you wanted to work, and you wanted, like, she would give you a job, and she's like, yeah, if you want to work, sure. If you want to make more money, for sure, I'll give you stuff to do. Um, I wanted to learn how to make the cakes prettier, so she was like, cool, you can be the cake decorator. And then, because, like, we had this, like, binder full of, like, corporate-approved cakes. And it was my cousin's birthday, and I was like, oh, I really want to make a Harry Potter cake. Can I make a Harry Potter cake? She's like, sure, try it. And she was, you know, because every other Cold Stone, you had to, like, follow the book. I'm still using those cake skills. They are... To this day. It's so good, though. I went and bought one of those... The proper term is a cheesecake pan, but yeah. one of those pans where the bottom drops out. I went and bought one of those so I could be layer caking some bitches. It's so good. <laughs> I'm about to make a layer cake for one of my friend's birthdays. It impresses people so much. If you show up with that and you're like, yeah, that's homemade. When all I did was go buy some store-bought ice cream and like, the cake part may be homemade. Yeah. But I'm not making some homemade ice cream to put in there. Okay. But still, it's like, no, I made this. And they're like, you made an ice cream cake? Yeah, it's not hard. <laughs> Yeah. I worked at Coldstone. Yeah. <laughs> Coldstone was the shit. It was awesome. I really, I, you know, for a teenage job, that was perfect. It was a pretty great job. Beth loved me. I walked oh, course, in yeah, there she did. and she, I don't even know why she loved me in particular. I don't know what it was about me. I could never figure that out, but I just knew that she really, really liked me. Mm -hmm. But my first job ever was at Sushi Nabe, mm. right there in Coolidge Park. And that job was pretty terrible. Nabe's great. I it heard was it was just terrible. Pretty unorganized. The food's pretty good, but it's just unorganized. It's not a great place to work. Yeah. And I mean, he got my my first paycheck. My full name is Stephen Tanner Morrison. My first check was written to St. Tanner Madison with three T's in Madison. I don't even know how that happens. My social security number was wrong. My address was wrong. I don't know why the fucking bank cashed it um but yeah left there <laughs> went to coldstone beth hired me on the spot she was like well will you just fill out the application just so i have it on file i was like okay and I hired me on the spot and i started working the next day and i never worked a night shift there really never which this is an ice cream shop for those listening or watching this is an ice cream shop in the heart of the tourist district mm -hmm. of downtown chattanooga like in the like going from like middle of riverbend to anything going on it's yeah. right there in the heart of it she never made me like i was just never scheduled for him ever and i'm not gonna make a fuss it's like no. if i can just work during the but i was her ice cream bitch i would just make ice cream all day and, i loved and making the ice cream things. though yeah yeah it was great you just tossed in that giant machine that looked like you could chop your fucking hand off yeah i think it could it definitely could like if it was whirling up yeah and you uh, yeah cold stone was good the ice cream was pretty good i would like always throw down on like the birthday cake birthday cake remix my secret treat was, uh, I'm not a big sweet tooth, never have been. I'm more of a savory. Like, mm -hmm. give me a steak over some ice cream any day. But some, and it's a weird combo. It's like, fuck. Like, I may have to find a cold stone on the way out of here tomorrow and get this. <laughs> but uh, 
There's one in Vinings right off of 75. I pulled, I got gas on the way down here right next to one. I'm like, I can get gas on the way out. Oh, yeah, that one. Chevron? Yeah. Yep. And, uh, such a fat kid. <laughs> the, was it the birthday cake ice cream? Mm -hmm. The cake batter. Yeah. Get the cake batter with Butterfingers. I don't like either of those things. Damn. Damn. I do not like either of those things. Butterfingers get caught in your teeth. And yeah. I just don't like eating them. But those in a milkshake together, I said, I said, God damn. Damn. Like, it's good. It takes on a whole other flavor profile. I So I had a secret one, too. And it was uh, cake batter ice cream, but it was with red velvet cake pieces and Oreos and chocolate fudge and caramel. Sounds like murder in a cup right there. It was so delicious. Um, I was chubby as a child, so I don't know if that needed explaining. <laughs> no, I'm always more into savory, but the Butterfinger and that cake batter. That's awesome. Ooh-wee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then when I guess we got reconnected back on Facebook. Yeah, I think I randomly just hit you up one day. It was right after I joined the Hopped Up Network. Oh, yeah. And you joined them, so shout out to those bros. Yeah, they're great. Um, yeah, I saw, like, you posted something about it. I was like, I'm not fucking talking to her in, like, 10 years. What's she posting about this for? And I started looking at your shit, and I was like, she's got a beer podcast? Like, this is fucking crazy. And I remember distinctly sending you a message being like, ice cream and beer or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that. That's so and, funny. Uh, yeah, it was just like, I just thought it was fucking weird that we both worked at Cold Stone and went from ice cream. And then we both <laughs> not yeah, we only like beer. beer, but we like beer enough to start a fucking podcast about it. Exactly. And here we are. Yeah, so. and then you guys came down here and we did the Atlanta Beer Bus Tour. That was super fun. Yeah. That, was, that a was a really good time. Uh, Travis said that we were the first people to ever complete the bus. Like the full tour. I didn't know that. I'm but we're, I that. mean, I'm just sitting here like we must have but, iron livers. But, but I was also pretty We trash. fucking run beer podcasts. I mean, we do. Which I, that's a sort of inside joke with myself that I've started. Mm hmm. But it more and more, like, finds itself being true, where I'll tell people, they'll be like, be careful, this is 10%. It's like, Psh, I run a beer podcast. <laughs> but, and I would, like, as a joke, say, I drink 13.5% stouts for breakfast. And then I go through my Instagram and, like, at Wild Leap, down in LaGrange, literally drinking, like, a 12%, like, cinnamon roll stout for breakfast <laughs> at 9 a.m. to interview them, which, shout out to Wild Leap, they are the shit... They are the, I swear, they are one of the best, most consistent breweries, and they're making vodka now. Ooh. I know. Ooh. They said they're going to send me a bottle of vodka, so I'll share it with you. Yeah. I've heard that it's actually really, really good, too. That intrigues me. I know nothing about vodka. But time to learn. I enjoy vodka. I, I, I like vodka more than, like, tequila. Oh, for sure. But if I yeah. were to choose a liquor, I actually really, truly enjoy it's bourbon. Like, I like water more than acid. Yeah. Tequila's terrible. It's really disgusting. It's terrible. Nothing. It makes me so sick the next morning. Not like hangover sick. Like, yeah. Get me to a bathroom now. Like, shit the bed sick is what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's not good. Every time. And I don't understand what's in tequila that does that. And, well, let's talk podcast goals. Yes. 
I feel like this is a good segue because one of mine is I'm very curious as to why tequila in particular makes me kind of sick the way it does the next morning. Once the tequila is out of my system, yeah, which happens very quick once I wake up, if you catch my drift, I feel great. No yeah. hangover or anything. Maybe so, it's just like a cleanser. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But one of my podcast goals is I want to find our Dr. Drew. I want to find Brew Chat's Dr. Drew. Somebody that can come in and answer these hardline, hard-boiled questions for us. <laughs> can we get on Brew Chat's and Dr. Drew? No, for real. I want people sending him, like, messages being like, hey, uh, I've noticed, like, if, whatever. Like, just weird shit. That's genius. Why does... Uh, why is whiskey dick a thing? Ooh. What causes that? Is it the thinning of the blood? Yeah. Like, just weird random questions like that. I want a nice personable doctor that has no shame, really. And uh, he's going to be a regular around the brew chat parts. And I think I've almost narrowed it down. I'm almost there. Like, seriously, I know Are a you, like, <laughs> going up and down the halls of er Erlanger, like... <laughs> yeah, no, I've got a jacket I've stolen. I go in there Doogie Howser style and just walk around <laughs> and uh, just observe. But I, I've got a couple of guys I'm talking to, and uh, that's, I'm going to find our doctor, because I want to ask questions like that. I want to be informed, because people wonder that. I know it's, like, crazy questions, but... But I'm interested in that. Yeah. I'm very interested in that, but also because it's, like... All right, like, why does beer cause me, like, blah, blah, blah. Why, you know, I have a lot of people um, ask questions about, like, or people who think they can't drink beer. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I can't drink beer. It makes my stomach hurt. Um, I, uh, I've been chatting with a very popular Weather Channel person on Instagram, and um, he was, because he used to love beer, and um, he's like, no, I can't drink beer anymore because it makes my stomach hurt. And I'm like, grow the fuck up. Like, it makes his stomach hurt when he drinks too much of it, or just I don't know. He says general? it, like, bothers his stomach, but also it's like, if it's just, like, a tummy ache, just drink it. Most of the time when I've had a tummy ache and I've drank beer, and I'm not even saying this as a joke, I've usually felt better. If I've not felt better, then that's when I'm like, oh, I'm dehydrated. Yeah, no, I just had, because we've been in Atlanta brewing all day today for my film festival, and I literally, I had uh, 24 ounces of water before we even started recording. Yeah. And I feel amazing. Yeah. I think you really do have to drink a lot of water with it, because if you just sit there and just drink double IPAs all day, like, no shit, you're going to feel terrible. Well, back to what... Dr. Drew. We were, well, before that, talking about is I, I at least, I take it for granted that people don't drink the same way I do, mm -hmm. especially when they get around fancy, quote unquote, fancier beers. Yeah. They just chug them. It's like, nah, you need to. <laughs> I have to be careful who I bring to beer events with me. Yeah. Because I don't bring. You do bring... have to be fairly conscious or you'll get people that just don't yeah. understand and they get shit faced. Um, it's a huge turnoff to me when people, like, really get to where they can't speak or, like, they're yeah. slurring their words. Or, uh, like, yeah. I hate it's that. It's yeah. horrible. Or uh, if their personality changes after they drink. Yeah. Where it's, like, yeah, it's just kind of, like, 
fuck is wrong with you? Like, so I've definitely had to ban people from coming to beer events with me. And I'm super careful about like what, cause like, you know, any guys that I'm dating, I'm like, all right, we got to make sure that you can hang before I bring you out around you my drink people. drink this six pack in the next hour and I'm, I want to see how you act. Yep. <laughs> I need to see this. I need to yeah. see your behavior. No, I have to, yeah, I've done the same thing of where, yeah. Oh my God. It's not even that, just getting people on the podcast. I've had some people come on that are, you know, I won't name names, but I've had some people that come on that are fine on the podcast, but then after, it goes downhill, and they're like, Quick. yeah, man, can I stay the night? Like, <laughs> like, well, I wasn't really planning. I was planning on going out and, like, getting something to eat. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, man. And it just turns into a whole weird thing. Yeah. But it, it is a weird skill to have. Yeah. And, and it's not just like an innate ability of our liver to... I was trying to think of this word. Mistast... Fuck, I can't Dr. Know. Drew. There's a word. I know the word in my brain, but I can't pronounce it. Mistasticize. Something like that. It's a word similar to that. I went to Louisiana public school. I am lucky to be able to color inside the line. It's a, I, it's I a no word idea. similar to that. And that's what your liver does to alcohol. And I, it's more than that ability. It's like being able to know how to pace yourself, all, yeah. that, like all that sort of stuff. Well, I feel like we're able to pace ourselves, too, because as beer people, um, best advice I was ever given was uh, Sarah Young from Wild Heaven. She's amazing. She's been a huge mentor to me since I got started. Um, she's just like... As a woman in beer, do not feel bad about leaving half-drunk beers all over this town. because And it's true, because the last thing I want is to be the sloppy girl at beer events. Yeah. I don't want to be the drunk girl. I don't want to be like, oh, bitch beer, mom. You know? Yeah. Not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what drunk girls do. <laughs> I want to be passed by one of those pedal carts. You at the helm. Bitch bear! <laughs> yeah. With like a captain's hat on. Just love bitch it bear. <laughs> Just hauling ass down some hill. <laughs> By myself. Nobody else. Yeah, nobody down. else on there. You don't even need the pedaling. You just your attitude alone will carry that thing for. <laughs> All aboard the hot mess express. Oh Lord. I don't need none of ya. <laughs> this thing will go five miles an hour with or without y'all. <laughs> and then, like, the owner of the pedal is just, like, walking behind me, like, Caroline, when are you going to get tired? There was a, uh, I had a buddy that used to, to drive the one in Chattanooga, or one of them. And whenever they had a low-fill tour, he would call me, he was like, Hey, man, what are you up to today? I got a tour at three, and we only have five people on there if you want to ride for free and help pedal. Because it makes his job harder, because even though he's not pedaling, it's going slower. Yeah. And then it makes everybody else have to pedal harder, so having somebody else on there just helps. And it's like you have to have, I think, at least five people. Oh, my gosh. So I would get to ride that thing for free. I would just bring my own beer, and I'm like, yeah, I'll ride around and hang out with you, man. Like... And I would just sit on there and hang out with him, and we'd have some beers. And the people that ride those things, I mean, it's exactly who you think w would ride those things. Yeah. Just, Woo! You know, just. <laughs> but being able to sit, like, just 
back, left, of just kind of, you're there. Yeah. It's a real treat. That's cool. It's a real treat. I like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I feel like Atlanta and Chattanooga in particular are too hilly for that. Yeah, they mainly just do downtown. Yeah. Like the main, I would love for to like bomb some hills in that fucking cart. Like hard. Like to where everybody like, all right, we're coming up. Everybody lean to the left. <laughs> it's like everybody on the like whitewater rafting. Like, all right, yeah. come on, guys. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. Like barreling down Signal Mountain. On one of those on where one of the it's S-curve like, ro- yeah. no, the S curves and North Everybody Chattanooga. to the left, we gotta swing it wide. <laughs> no, we lost Chad. <laughs> you know, toss him a double IPA. Yeah, it's like you really have to worry about tipping it or being flung off. I would absolutely <laughs> love that. High stakes beer pedaling. <laughs> I don't know why this is so hilarious. You have people get those dorky ass biking shoes where they clip in. Oh God! On those tiny, it's like, no, we're gonna get this. <laughs> You know, and just those clip-in shoes. Because my friend had a Peloton. me. Yeah, she lived down the street from me, and she had a Peloton. She was like, "Yeah, girl, you can use my Peloton anytime." And I what was is like, a "Peloton? It's that like spin bike, like the it's just the stationary bike that has like the video and it. it has the TV in it, and you can ah, take live classes. Okay, it's actually really cool, and the classes are awesome. Um, and it's like live teachers, like in I don't know New York or something, and they'll talk to you. Like if you're like joining the class, they'll be like, "Come on, Caroline," and um, but so I used her clip-in shoes one time, and I legitimately have a, had a panic attack on this Peloton because I couldn't get unclipped. And I'm stuck, and I'm like, how do I get out of here? And luckily, she came home, like, later. It was really funny. No, it just makes me think of, like, if I'm out on a trail or, like, mountain biking or something, like, I don't want to be... What if a bear comes out? I don't want to be typed to anything. No. Dude, if a bear comes out there, I think you want to be clipped in. You want to be pedaling as fast as you fucking can. Well, what, what if the bear... Mm, okay, see, the, I'm thinking, like, what if it comes in front of you? Like, what if it, like, gets out in front of your bike and you have to stop? And then you're like, shit, I'm stuck yeah, to this and bike. Tr- did and then, you see that video of that guy getting chased by a bear on his bike? No. There was, uh, I don't know where it was, but there was this video of this guy just riding through the woods. It looked like somewhere in Chattanooga, and... Off to the right over here, you see a black bear, or uh, like a big brown bear, just, you know, just. <laughs> That's a spot on bear running up and like, <laughs> Running up, and he's like, oh, shit, and just starts pedaling faster. And he keeps looking back, and he's got a GoPro on his helmet, and, he, and this bear is just hauling ass, <laughs> you know, and just hauling ass after him. And That's he gets terrifying. away, but, yeah, it's fucking terrifying. I don't even know what I would just have to die. I'd just have to be like, all right, cool. I'm a bear snack right now. Dude, if I was out, that's why I would carry a gun out there. I would never shoot Not a bear. Not for a bear to shoot myself. Oh. I don't want to be eaten alive. Oh, why? Oh, okay, this is taking a turn. Let's yeah. Think, like, I'm just going to, and then that bear can do what he wants. Do what he wants. Take me back to his bear cave. Just. <laughs> Or wherever he goes. You want to see... Uh, so, on yeah, Brew Chat, <laughs> it doesn't always happen every week. Because I like to really choose gyms. But this is actually one that was uh, pretty local to Chattanooga. But I, I like to people watch. I like to bring that to my show. Yeah. And so, I like to 
to get some people on there that there's some characters. Okay. I'm just like, what's up with this cool guy? Cool guy Rick. You know, so this is going to be the cool guy Rick. We had this on a couple months ago. This happened in Chattanooga. Oh my god. And gosh. it made it it made its way to uh Worldstar. Yeah. I think I remember you guys talking about him. Oh lord, and that's the Walnut Street Bridge, of course. <laughs> Oh no! Okay, so you can see it's in front of the walking bridge here. So, uh, for those of you who have not been to Chattanooga, Chattanooga has this, uh, it's actually the world's longest pedestrian bridge, correct? Uh, yeah, I recently learned that, and I believe you're correct. Um, God damn it, what is this? Go could away. You stop ruining everything. <laughs> Just kidding. God. Damn it. <laughs> um, so Walnut Street Bridge is beautiful. It used to be a bridge for carriages, and they were going to tear it down because when cars were invented, they were like, oh, this shit is just a couple of wood planks held on by some nails, like can't hold the weight of cars. So they were like, oh, let's keep it a pedestrian bridge. And it's actually beautiful. Blue Bridge, beautiful, goes right over the Tennessee River. Stunning. Highly recommend it. Makes it very easy to stumble home from any bars if you're in North Chattanooga or downtown Chattanooga. Yeah. No, it's a fantastic bridge because you can just walk all over it. You don't have to worry about lanes yeah, or anything that matters. Yep. And, uh, but no, this is a video of a preacher standing in front of said bridge in a very touristy part of town, right in front of the Hunter Museum. I don't even know what he's yelling about. Seems like he's very, uh, he's trying to spread the word of the gospel, but um, he's really angry about it. I like the spit. The, the spit bothers me. It's comical. Like, where he, like, rears back, like, that's going to give him some extra torque yeah. on the on the arc of it or something. That's what cracks me up. Um, he's getting some, like, really high jumps there. Like, he's jumping up and down really oh, yeah. high. Do you think there's some drug use there? I should think if there's not drug use, I'm disappointed. And I'm, and I'm not even saying illegal drug use. I mean, if we're talking some uh, amphetamines here... That can be legal. Yeah. And he's got some, like, very high dose of amphetamines in his system. He's jumping for the, for the Lord. I don't think that's a Bible in his hand, though. That's too thick to be a Bible. I'm pretty sure that's a Bell South phone book. Okay, okay, hang on. Enhance. I wish I could just yell at it and it do that. Okay, <laughs> I'm actually curious on this. I don't know, it's... It's too thick to be a Bible. It actually does kind of look like a... No, this is totally way thicker than a Bible. I'm telling... I, I feel like this. that's a Bell, Bell South phone book. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. But also, he's dressed very nicely. What religion is this <laughs> that's usually out there? I mean, I, I obviously know it's Christianity, but which denomination... I mean, if you were to pull out a rattlesnake, it wouldn't, I don't, I I honestly, I'm not super familiar with the different denominations. Like, I know, like Baptists, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you right now, Methodist is never going to be doing this. No. They're going to be too busy. Presbyterians, they're going to be at breakfast. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. The Presbyterians are still rolling out of bed from the night before. Uh, Methodists, yeah, they'll be at breakfast or brunch. The Baptists might still be in church. 
I don't know. Maybe Mormon? Do we have Mormons in Chattanooga? I don't know. I was thinking it could be Mormon. Yeah. Or some uh, some of those fucking witnesses of Jehovah, and I'll alienate those fuckers. That little cult needs to be broken up. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I don't care if I piss them off. I had some of those coming around my apartment for a while. Really? Yeah, you got a nice place where you don't have to worry about it. You've got, like... It's locked down here. But I thought my apartment was pretty locked down. But there for a while, I had this one... It started with one guy, and then it progressed to a lady, and then two ladies. Oh. Coming by at the... Literally, I would be, like, up on a Saturday or Sunday morning. Yeah. Whatever. There's one of those days that's their Sabbath, but... Wake up, I would have just made breakfast and sit down to eat it. Also, it is 2019. Who comes to the door? Like, who knocks yeah, on your door? It's a weird thing to it's get random knocks on your door. It's invasive. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, because I've been rewatching Friends before it goes off of Netflix, they show up at each other's houses way too fucking often. But also, people they don't fucking know. They'll be like, oh, Susan, I was in the neighborhood. It's like, yeah. Why are you at my house? Are you trying to, like, are you a fucking serial killer? When do you think that happened? Because I agree with you. It's very weird to show up at somebody's house unannounced. Yes. Even my parents. Yeah. I will text or call them and be like, hey, uh, I'm headed over Yale's Way or whatever. Yeah. Anybody, you don't show up anywhere to anybody's houses. Never. These days without texting or calling, saying you're on your way. Unless you're trying... Oh, shit. I mean, that was clear... It's clearly a product of, you know, the social media and text messaging generation. But when did that happen? I honestly, I think, like... That had to be, like, 2010. I'm going to put a year on it. 2010. Like... Because I do remember going over to people's houses unannounced. And it wasn't a big deal. I remember remember my neighborhood. going to people's houses when they were still asleep and, like... Like, as an adult, like an 18, 19-year-old, mm-hmm. and they were still asleep and being, like, throwing shit at their window would be like, dude, wake the fuck up. Like, let's go do something. Yeah. And now, it wasn't weird then, but that would be weird as shit now. Yeah, no, if yeah. somebody FaceTimes me unannounced, I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? How dare you? It's weird times. It is weird times. Eventually, it's going to be like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll all be hive mind at that time. Yeah, we just link in. Yeah. Have you heard of Limetown? Limetown? You got to listen to it. Okay. I'm going to send it to you. You're going to love it. Okay. So, because you know, um, gosh, what's that town in Tennessee that was like the, the it's where they built the atom bomb. Oh, uh, Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's kind of loosely based on that. Um, and it's about how, um, you know, it was like a town like that. They were working. It was like full of the best and brightest minds. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, one day, all 300 residents go completely missing. Not a trace. No bodies. Anything found. Completely missing. Okay. And because they kept getting 911 calls from inside the town. And then finally, when the gates were opened into the town, they go in and everybody's missing. And then it picks up 10 years later when this girl is like, I'm going to figure out what happened. It's really fucking good. That is pretty. What is this, a show? It's So it kind of, it doesn't tell you whether or not it's real or scripted, but it is scripted. Um, So when the first couple, when it first came out, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is crazy. But then, yeah, it's scripted. 
Uh, it's really good, though. It's very intriguing. And then you find, like, each episode, like, something new happens, and you meet new characters, and you're like, like, this is crazy. That does seem crazy. I'm I, sending I, it to I you love right shit now. like that. It's really, you're like going to love it. There was a show that came on, it was back when I was in college, but it was about a plane that vanished and then reappeared. And there was only one season, so there was no resolution. But I thought it was a great premise. But the more I watched it, the one season, I kind of understood why they never got a second season. Yeah. It was just like, <gasps> mystery. And that's all they really... Was that your reaction to my story? Or no, there's a season them? two of Limetown. Oh. Sorry, that was... I, I, I was listening to your story. So, oh, shit, I'm going to air I, I was just trying to clarify the reaction. No, uh, okay, so when Limetown came out, it was 2015. And it left on this huge fucking cliffhanger. And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, I airdropped it to you. Um, yeah. I've never gotten one of those. This is my airdrop cherry right here. There you go. It's a big moment. Pop. <laughs> um, but, no, oh. so it left on this huge fucking cliffhanger. And it's, it's really, like, intriguing and all this shit you find out. You're like, what the hell? And then they left on this huge cliffhanger in 2015. And they're like, oh, yeah, season two, season two is coming out soon, coming out soon. They finally came out with season two. So now I'm very excited. Now I know what I'm doing uh, later. M well, maybe next week. I've, I'm very busy. Now I'm sitting here. I'm like, well, now that season two's out. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. But it's actually really amazing. You're going to love it. Um, and also, I'm going to tell you to take this recommendation because you also took my last recommendation of the best show on television. Oh, we have to talk about this. Which I've not watched any more than what we watched. We'll watch more tonight. But it's like... Genuinely. It's one of the greatest shows that's ever been filmed. I never even knew this was a thing He's that an existed in the world. I mean, I knew it was, but I didn't know that it was this in-depth. Like, basically, we're talking, like, not mail-order brides, but, like, no. the next step up. Yeah. It's, like, the next level. Like, yeah. you're not at mail order bride, you're at B level. And. <laughs> Would you like to say the name of the show or shall I say that? Well, I'll build it up for a okay. minute. I'll please, build it please, up. Please. So, you know, say you, you're a, you're a, you fancy yourself a, you're a male or female, you fancy yourself somebody in an, another country. Yep. You want to bring them back here, you got 90 days. You can get a 90 day visa to bring them here and get married. That's one show. Yeah, that's one show. That's one show. And that's, you one know... One could they, argue that's a pretty good show. Yeah, and that, you know, it starts when the person lands in America and then it goes through that 90 days of... Yeah, that's And, a, and that's I'm a not one show. to have preferred, you know, so the Phantom you, Menace to Star Wars. But in this case, I think I do prefer, you know, like, the story leading up to that 90 days. And yeah. there's a show... Just for that. It's a gift. It's a treasure. From the heavens. Yeah. Directly to us. And that it's show a real is. Treasure. What is it? Before the 90 days? It's 90 day yeah, fiance. 90 day fiance. Before the 90 days. Because how did it's these It's a big title. Mean? I kind of dropped on the title, but it's a. Yeah. 90 day fiance before the 90 days. Because, yeah, the 90 day starts. Like when you land in America, but how did y'all meet? How did y'all meet? They met online. 
and then the American goes over to meet them for wherever the first time. Wherever they are. Yeah, wherever they are in the world. You have such a variety of characters. You have... My favorite is still the little uh, arsonist in Brazil. Oh, Paul? Yeah. Paul! Yeah. <laughs> That's Paul. my impression of Paul and Carini. So Carini is an angel that has been yeah, bestowed she's a upon babe. this. Yeah. She is a beautiful 19-year-old woman. 21-year-old woman? No, it's, you know, it's getting dark, but it's pretty amazing some, like, Weinstein hasn't dug her up yet and brought her to America. Paul. Paul. Is, like, it's like, dude, count your blessings. Like, he's got a good situation, I think. But then there's other, and we're just talking, I assume there's only one season of this. It just started there's the third three? season. Okay. No, third season. I don't season. even know what's going on. So we're just, like, five episodes into the first yeah. season. And you've Addicted seen to it. it. I have not. I haven't started the third season yet because okay. I want to wait. Our first, so Asif, yeah. I got him hooked on it. He didn't even start the second season yet. And I was like, oh, yeah, you got to get caught up because season three starting. He texts me and says, oh, is that season three, episode one? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I think I watched it by mistake. Oh. No need to even talk anymore. I'm like, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Don't watch that shit without me. I've been waiting a year for this, and you're just going to watch it by <laughs> accident? How fucking dare you? And the, first, the season three, season three, episode one, episode title is called Every Available Red Flag. <laughs> Ooh. So wait, does... Each season, like, so, do people carry over season yeah. to season, or yeah, do they, they do. have new people? So they have. It's it depends on who lasts. So like the first season is like it's really just like a like a race to who will actually last and lit. But you get these new people, and you're like, I don't give a shit about them. And then something weird happens, and it's like, oh, I love you, and I want to know everything about yeah. you. Like it's incredible. Um, there's one guy. Oh, I don't want to give anything away, though. It's so good. Yeah, no, I'm really enjoying the, like, what is it? What's that German term? The Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Yeah. Such a good, there's so much of that in this show. It's, it's so great. So I really like uh, Paul. I really like the Paul guy. Paul and Carini. I like um, Jesse. I like, I like his gumption, too. Of yeah. Like, I'm going to be super prepared, and I'm going to take not one, <laughs> but six Giant storage unit-sized... Trunks. Storage trunks, like giant Tupperware containers. So he takes that. I also like watching that old dude with uh, the Haitian. Oh chick yeah, uh, because he's definitely getting played. 100%. At least I think. And I've not seen seen as far as you have, but he's definitely getting played. Yeah. And then uh, let's see who else was it? There was another one. Oh, the lady that Darcy. goes. To, yeah, Darcy. Darcy and Jesse. After after I saw her episode, I because I, this was I started watching this show after I was very newly single, and I saw this show because Darcy is a lovely woman um, who looks like she's been overinflated. Um, she has a lot of Botox. She has a lot of fillers, 
and just everything looks like her clothes are too tight, her shoes are too tight. Well, she her, seems super sweet. Gen- she's very genuinely. sweet. Yeah. I love, like, yeah. I think she's, I love her. She's a little high up. maintenance, but sweet. Yeah. And, but, you know, high maintenance and just kind of in a weird, like, weird way. Like, it's that tacky sort of like, oh, I have to have hair extensions. I have to have eyelash mm-hmm. extensions. Like, everything has to be done perfectly. And then Jesse is, he looks like Alexander Skarsgård. No, I was going to say he's like one of the Skarsgårds. Yeah, looks yeah. just like him. And he's like one of the clones out of the tube. Beautiful man. Yeah. Beautiful man. He's a model. He's gorgeous. And like you start the season, you're like, wow, what a cool, chill person. And and uh, he's tall and beautiful. I literally like was like, where the fuck did they meet? And I looked up the website where they met and I actually signed up for the website. <laughs> I was lonely. I was very newly single. I mean, yeah. I if you got a chance of meeting a dude like that. Yeah. Like... Well, because think about it. Um, so men like that, think about the women over there. They're stunning. When I was over in Europe, those women, every single woman, the girls at McDonald's were supermodels. Yeah, so but the... that's, I feel like that's an unbalanced thing, though. It's like you could sign up for a website and meet a dude. There's not a website I could go sign up for and meet, like, some Heidi Klum that's some Denmarkian... I don't know if that's a... Well, this is my hope, though. This is my hope. So when you have people that are from countries where the women are beautiful or the men are beautiful, everyone's just beautiful, they're probably so used to seeing beauty that they're like, oh, it's so boring. And then they see someone average looking like me, and they're like, wow, what an exotic treat. (laughs) It's actually, yeah. Because I was going to say beauty, but no, what a treat. How refreshing. Let's move to Norway. <laughs> That's my Let's hope. Do that. Is that I'll get there and they're like, wow, what a real person. <laughs> oh. Yeah. She has, a, what, what is the word? Flaw? 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 You're not proportional. <laughs> <laughs> Your face is not the same. Your eyes. Sides. You have a weird eye when you drink. <laughs> I do have a lazy eye when I drink. Just, well, lazy eyebrow. It gets uneven, it happens. I have a crooked smile. I haven't noticed that. Just, I usually smile a little more with my right side. Oh. Yeah. So. Nice. That's but not, my, that's but my, not those Norwegians. No, they're perfect. perfect Everything's in perfect. Every way. Every way. But yeah, no, 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Days is the best show to ever hit television, screens, homes, anything. <laughs> it, it has to happen. You have to watch it. You just really have to watch it. It's just an incredible show. Yeah. It just, man, it is kind of indescribable because it's some of the best people watching you will ever see. It's so human interest. It's that, like, the car crash on the interstate where people are dying and you have to pass by and watch it. Yeah. I wish they would condense it down just a smidge. I do, too. Sometimes it drags out a little bit. Yeah, it drags a little bit of them... But you're not going to forget any details yeah. because they overemphasize like and, crazy. And they switch between couples a lot, which is good. Mm. Different couples that make it, different couples that don't. Because there's there was one couple, they were like, like two and a half episodes. And it was one girl. I'm not even giving anything. Okay. Like she, yeah, she is a, an exotic dancer from here. And then she met this guy from Armenia and met him online. And he's beautiful. Um, but, yeah, she was, like, going to go over there. And um, then he just, like, wouldn't 
like it was super like uh, anticlimactic because he was like oh like all he had to do was like write a letter of like for her visa and he wouldn't do it because and I guess because she like revealed on the show that she was an exotic dancer and he's like super religious and he was like I'm not super okay with my woman being an exotic dancer okay and it's like well you know fair enough Mm. two and a half episodes but yeah there was another one and I'm not giving anything away, but he proposes yeah, to... Yeah, don't a- spoil... I, I would rather been spoiled on Endgame, Avengers Endgame, than this show. Oh. Like, this show I'm invested in. For real. I mean, it's so good. But there is one guy who, like, wants to promote his music the whole time, and it's really funny. Well, you've got to... That's the thing that interests me, is because some of these... Which is kind of what I'm getting at with the that sexy Norwegian guy that Darcy's with. Yeah. He just wants to promote his... Is, yeah, yeah, I know on some level, like, you're getting paid. Yeah. And you know that this is TV time. Yeah. So you're trying to look as good as possible, and you're, you know, you know that you're here for TLC or whoever it is, but you're going to try to, you know, maybe... He's always checking his Maybe angles. throw in, like, this T-shirt that's got that logo or yeah. whatever you're going to do. Yeah. And, you know, Darcy, and I love Darcy. She's really sweet and fun. Um, but, you know, she just keeps changing different things. Like, um, she'll be like, oh, yeah, I got my veneers redone because I want Jesse to love me when he comes to visit. Yeah. And it's like, no, he doesn't give a shit about your team. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that weird mentality, that train wreck sort That's of. That's strange, yeah. 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 That's a strange thought. Yeah. To think that it's like, well, he loved me, but he'll love me way more if I get my teeth fixed. Yeah. Well, he never even said anything about your teeth. Like, yeah, yeah that's a fucked up. Yeah. It is. Hmm. 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days, you have to watch it, and I love it. We actually, we're going to do a future episode where we do, like, actual play-by-plays of the episodes. Not each episode. Maybe yeah. we'll do, like, we'll we condense it, like, it three. Down. Like, yeah. three episodes at yeah. a time. And then, like, go down, like, okay, what the fuck happened here? I think that would be a cool, like, special. Yeah, and it'll cap off the uh, ninety-day bender. Yeah. That we'll be filming, yes. and then we'll do a another series before that called "Before the Ninety Days," and that's le- it's the leading up to the bender. Yeah. <laughs> oh, our brains are going to be fried. This is uh yeah, this is about how this goes. Um, I need more beer. Yeah. Should, should we switch to a stout? Yeah, you pick the next one. Okay, so yeah. I could either open a bottle or... Oh, shit, you know what? I have dark, darker subject matter, but I didn't make it cold. Here, all right, I'll pick the next one. You, you uh, pick a topic to talk about next. Mm. Also, my voice is kind of hoarse. I've been hosting... This is a beer festival last week and then the film festival today, and I think it just takes it out of my voice. Yeah. That's something I've noticed. If I do a lot of voice work, it will wear my shit out. It's a muscle, just like anything else. Okay, okay. Um, and we have to keep this bottle because it's signed by them. Well, I mean, they could sign another one for me because I'm friends with them. But, like, 
Sorry, I didn't mean it. That was like really braggy and name droppy. That was really. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if we throw this away. They'll sign another one. Best friends with them. No, they, they just, I, I mean, I see them at beer events all the time. So, okay, Humdinger. This is a bourbon barrel-aged stout that was a collaboration brew with Nappy Roots, the band. They did um, uh, that song, Good Day. You know, it's going to, oh, I'll play it. I'm not going to sing it. I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to do it justice. I'll just play it. It's one of my favorite uh, songs by them. It comes on my... Um, that song okay yeah. i didn't know that was nappy that's nappy roots yeah huh they're good guys did not know that was them i think they're back in town uh this week i love these guys they're so sweet and this beer's really good and We may have to ask their permission for playing that much of their song, but... <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, um, so it's actually really cool. So these guys, they're just so down to earth, uh, amazing guys. They have um, taken their platform and they have driven it into their passion for craft beer. And one of their passions is also bringing minorities into the craft beer scene and making it more diverse, which I think is super rad, um, super cool. Um, because, yeah, the craft beer scene, beer's for everybody. And craft beer, I mean, no offense. Well, I guess you're more, like, Italian than white. But, yeah, yeah, you're, uh, yeah. I don't know what it's I like, am. It's kind of a, there's I'm some Asian. Cherokee, there's some Italian, there's a little mm -hmm. Irish in there. But, like, you know, beer, like, it's, it's traditionally, like, marketed towards, like, white dudes. It's changing a lot, though. Like, especially since I got involved in the beer scene, it's changed so much. Yep. Or, you know, maybe I just noticed it more. But, yeah, they're doing a fantastic job. Um, this is it's a beautiful stout it really is just such a good job i was so proud of them um and i should get a bottle opener because i'm just sitting here holding it like how do i pour it We're talking about doing bottle openers on our microphones. That would kind of be a nightmare here. I'm gonna. It would sound terrible. That was an okay sound. Oh, it smells so good. It's like bourbony and vanilla. I'm intrigued by this. They did a great job. Oh, it looks like oil. Thick. It's real thick. Thick. I wonder if I can get this down. I'm like trying to be better with ASMR. Ooh. Oh my god, you can hear it. There we go. So this is bourbon barrel aged. We got a mm. there's flavor text here. We gotta read the flavor text. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. 
So I'm going to get some flavor text music. The Humdinger is an imperial rye stout aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels with Ugandan vanilla beans. Humdinger shares the name of Nappy Roots' monumental independent album. Three years in the making. Excellence takes time. And this beer is no exception. <laughs> it's a great beer. Yeah, that's a good beer. And the then Humdinger. Yeah, and then their brewery by themselves is uh, Atlantucky. And they brew out of their house in Hayville. They're really close to Arches. Um, Arches is actually, oh gosh, Arches is an amazing brewery. Um, but yeah, they're like, they're just so, I just love how they geek out over beer and how interested they are. Like you go over to their garage where they brew and they're like so excited to show their equipment and what they're brewing and oh, mm -hmm. please try this, try this, try this. And then they have like a full beer fridge of other people's beer. They're just so inspired and intrigued and ready to learn. Yeah. And I think that's super cool because honestly, um, a lot of people have asked me about brewing my own beer. Not that I'm not you interested. Give it a go. I would love to. Yeah. And not that I'm not interested. It's just I, you know. Sorry, I keep fixing the mic. Um, yeah, it, it's just a lot. You know, there's just a lot of details involved in that, yeah. which I would have to get. Like, I would want to do what they did and like partner up with like Monday Night. You know, like it. Mm. I wouldn't want to do it by myself. I brewed the uh, Brother Darkness Ooh. with the Brew Market Beer Garden. They helped me a lot. That's but cool. That's super cool. It turned out pretty good. Yeah. It was like this, though, where it was just so dark. What's the ABV of this? 12%. Damn. This is okay. Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of chocolatey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we were talking about futures of the podcast. So one thing I actually thought would be fun to do with bitch beer, I don't know if it's feasible to do it, but I thought it'd be fun to do drunk news. Yeah. And like do like, like read ridiculous news articles like while you're drunk, chug a beer or something. So I'm going to Google and we can, you know, edit this to kind of like make it a little more concise. I'm going to Google ridiculous news stories. And it's not going to be political because I'm tired of that shit. Well, hey, let's go with the most bipartisan thing that's happened in years. Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Whoa. I'm still just kind of like. Dude was murdered. Like. I just. For real. For real. Obviously. But for real. And it's so funny because I, I love my family. They are very Republican. Mm. And they'll, you know, we'll sit there and talk and talk and talk. Like, I mean, I try not to engage with them too much. But, you know, when they'll sit there and be like, well, Hillary this. I'm like, I don't fucking like Hillary. I didn't, you know, I, I mean, I voted for her. But, like, I, I'm not sitting here trying to get her president again. Fuck yeah. no. Keep, you just stay in the woods walking. Keep walking. We got to get somebody else. Yeah. Oh, but she's still there. She's still there. She's still there lurking. Checking on Jeffrey Epstein's suicide watch is what she's doing. <laughs> no, that shit was crazy to me. Because uh, I did not vote for Hillary. I was privy to this shit years ago. And people called me fucking crazy. 
and I shut up about it. And now it's coming out of the woodwork, so I'm over here. Like, well, I wanted to vote for Bernie. Well, motherfuckers. Yeah, I voted for Jill Stein. I still got called a sexist because I didn't vote for Hillary, but... It was a tough the, election. That's, that's the world we live in. It was a tough election yeah. because everybody wanted to blame each other for who we voted for versus, like, if anything good... I mean... If anything good did come out of the Trump administration, it got a lot of us to wake the fuck up and realize that we need to be the ones that make a difference in our community. That's what I think, yeah, is more people than ever actually know how the government works now. Yeah. Like, they know the three branches and what they do and what they can and can't do, and they know about the Constitution and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and also, like, okay, I was one of those, like, Typical, like, like right after the election, I was like, I can't believe Trump was elected. Blah blah. blah. I was in tears, it, like, just whiny little bitch, and just like for two, like, honestly, two days, just like really, like, I can't believe this happened. Just depressed, depressed, depressed. Then I just finally snapped out of it. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, okay, he's the president. That's who America voted for. Yeah. So I don't believe in what he stands for, but you know what? I I know what I stand for. So this is what I'm gonna do. Because just because he's president, this does not mean that this is direction our country's going in. Yeah. And so I, you know, I was like, you know what? I had to like really dig down and just kind of be like, what's important to me? And um, the refugee crisis going on in America disgusts me. Absolutely disgusts me. The way we treat refugees, the way we treat immigrants, the way we treat human beings coming to our country to seek asylum disgusts me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started volunteering. We have New American Pathways here in Atlanta. Um, and you know, I don't have like a ton of money to donate. I don't really have, but like I have time. So, um, we do, they have a, they have so many different programs you can do. You can, you know, you can actually go to the center and help you. They have like job programs you can help with. You can volunteer with children. They have this awesome program called English at home. And all you do is just go to their house and you, they give you all the materials you need and you teach them. You just sit there and teach them English and I have this amazing family from Syria. You have to know the language to... Nope. Huh. No. How does that work, though? You know, it's actually really interesting. So they give you... They'll, like, you take, a, you take some classes at the organization, and they give you all the workbooks and everything, and they break it down. Well, first, they'll give the family a test. So they take a test based just to kind of, like, assess, like, how much English do you know? Like, yeah. how much... So if you know zero English, they will teach you how to go from, like, just, like, very, like, baby steps on how to communicate. And um, my family um, from Syria, oh, my gosh, they're so freaking incredible. So Malek, um, the wife, she has a master's in physics. <laughs> from the, <laughs> yeah, Like, just master's in physics. She's an incredibly, like, just amazing human being. And her husband, Mispa, um, he is a lawyer, from Syria, they're like, and that's what a lot of people don't understand is the people that were actually able to get out of these war-torn countries are, that's like the upper middle class of these. Because if you think about if shit went down in America, who would actually, it's like people are just being sent out. You have to be able to afford to get out. You need to have the bank account. That's a very, very fucking good point is because they're, I have family members that think it's like, it's just poor immigrants. It's like, no. They could afford That's to get out of the country. That's a very good point, yeah. I mean, we're not just, you know, it's a lot of people don't, like, they automatically lower their status because of, 
they're not from this country. Yeah. You know, but like these are people that have a lot of skills and all they want to do is work. You know, Malek, she wants to, um, she's going back to school now. She, uh, they've got amazing programs. I've been working with them for, oh gosh, the election was 2016. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've been working Amazingly, there. it was three years ago. <laughs> but, um, and you know, it, I've been working with them since then and she's going back to school. She wants to be a nurse. And, you know, um, her husband, he's working for the water board. Like immediately, they were on, um, and the average for people who are refugees or that status, the, um, and these are people legally entering the country. That's what a lot of people don't understand is yeah. that the process for them, they actually lived in Jordan from Syria so they left their home because it was bombed. And she uh, was pregnant and also had an infant. And that's when they left their home. They were in Jordan um, for a really long time just approving their refugee, like wait, awaiting their approval for refugee status to legally enter our country as, as, uh, as refugees. So um, anyways, they, they went through that whole process. They got to New York and then they got told that they were being you know, that they were approved to come to Atlanta, which Clarkston, Georgia. Oh my gosh. Mayor of Clarkston is the shit. He was also on Queer Eye, um, season two, season one. No idea. It's on Netflix. Uh, but yeah, Mayor of Clarkston is the shit. He's a cool dude. He's been super vocal in helping, um, you know, the refugee organizations uh, thrive here and helping them get involved in the community. And, but the, uh, you know, people who are on that refugee status are like, oh, they're just coming here for our benefits or coming over here for social security. It's like never longer than six months. And mm. I know with, I know personal, uh, firsthand with my family, uh, they were less than a few months because they came over here and I would help them on their, I actually, um, I had an old MacBook and, cause they didn't even have a computer, like they just didn't have a computer when they came here. So I had an old MacBook and I helped them set it up and everything and I would like go to the websites with them. So it was like a few months that they were on government assistance and then they were, they were good to go. You know, it's, they don't want to be on government assistance. Yeah. They don't want to be, you know, well, they I mean, want to work. Most people that are on government assistance that don't are Americans don't want to be on it. No. Like, which that's just a huge misconception. I've just. Yeah. They would much rather work and make their own way. Like, there's a sense of pride in that. Like, that is the American dream. It is. There's a sense of pride in that, so. It is. It's true. And it's, you know, um, it's just something that a lot of people need to just, um, I think if people actually met other people that were yeah. different from them, it would change their perspective. You know, it's yeah. true. You know, um, yeah, like, it's my, you know, I, I consider Malek Mizbah and the babies, like, they're my, they're my friends, they're my family, mm -hmm. like, and um, they're just really sweet human beings. And, like, it's not, like, I really only spend, like, maybe one or, like, maybe one to three hours with them a week. But, like, that's, that's what I'm able to give, you know. And a lot of people don't realize that, like, just because you can't give money, just because you can't give things, like, you can give your time. And whatever, you know, I had um, one of my friends, um, you know, I had a lot of people just kind of giving me, like, I have some friends that are more like more on the Republican side, and they're like, well, oh, you need to help homeless shelters. You need to help, like, veterans, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what organizations are you helping with? Yeah. And, you know, I know that, like, I, I'm not going to sit here and judge people based on the way that they give back. Because that's the thing we, we need. Like, what is important to you? And just take it in it, you know, 
if each person were to give one to three hours of their time to an organization that mattered to them, like really like we would be in a much better place. And you know, it's not a lot. I'm not real. I, I don't feel like I'm doing a lot, but it's something, you know. Well, the high school I went with, I went to CSA. Oh, that was such a great school. Oh, my God. Fantastic school. And part of their curriculum or processes, whatever you want to call it, was I think it was uh, each year that your child goes there, each parent has to do like 50 hours of community service a year. Wow. 50 hours a year. Yeah. That's less than one hour a week. Yeah, that's nothing. And it may have not even been that. I feel like it may have been closer to 25. Yeah. But let's just go with 50 because that's the higher end and that's still such a ridiculously low example of time spent in your child's learning center. Yeah. And then as high schoolers, they they bring you in in high school and they're like, okay, by the time you graduate, you're going to have to have completed 100 hours of community service. Yeah. And to a ninth grader, you're thinking, like, oh, my God, I have to do 100 hours of community service. I've only been alive for, like, 400 hours. Over (laughs) over the course of four years, you know, you're like, but then you start doing it. It's like, I knocked out most of that by sophomore year. Yeah. It's not that much. And when you get in there doing it, you... It's fine. If everybody did that and that was a policy just for life, just to be like, no, nah, each year, each person, it's a, uh, you got to do like 50 hours of community service each yeah. year. Me and a buddy's going to be like, okay, this is our community service. We're going out on this hike and we're picking up trash. Yeah. Or whatever. Like the world would be a better place. It really would. And there's even like uh, the Beltline in Atlanta. Um, I'm on the North Side Trail. But that, like, uh, I was out the other weekend and I was just out for a run and there were like 50 people wearing t-shirts and everything. They were all volunteers and they were just clearing the belt line. They were clearing like debris, getting like weeds and stuff. It was so cool. I was like, holy shit. Like I took pictures of like the back of somebody's t-shirt. So, cause I thought I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. that'd be so cool to do. Like, um, but it's true. And there's a lot of people and that's what I try to, and it's both sides. Like it's both sides of whatever argument you're on of people who complain and complain and complain and sit there and you see their Facebook status and all they do is complain and bitch and moan, but they don't fucking do shit. And it pisses me off because it's like, you know, and there's some friends that I kind of had to not cut out, but it's like some friends that they really will just sit there and just have these political rants. And I'm like, what are you doing? Well, it's so easy for people to act like just get triggered and mad about shit. But all they've done, and they wouldn't, the people that get mad about this shit, they will never admit to why they are truly mad. Yeah. And it, all they've done is see some Facebook post or a YouTube video. Yeah. And they've been told to be mad at something and yeah. they've lacked actually going to do their own research. Yeah. It's like, go look this up. Like, yeah. Go look it up and read the facts on this. Like, I know this is a... And that's the thing, too, is, like, this is a big era of... You need to go look up and learn shit for yourself. You really do, and you have to figure out, like, oh, what's a true website. Oh, it's hard. Boo-hoo. You yeah. know, like, go do some research by yourself. You remember those bibliographies <laughs> we used to have to do? <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Bibliographies. This is wh- like, this era is why we were taught to do bibliographies. <laughs> 
Our parents weren't taught to do fucking bibliographies MLA style. But we were, and that's why we are the way we are. But you know what? Our parents genuinely do not understand that just because something has a website does not mean that it's accurate. Yeah. They really, like, my parents, I love my now parents. If you got a website, you're legit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're like, well, but no, it was on the internet. I clicked the link and it took me right to the article. You don't even need a face. No. You need a card and a name. Like there you was. You don't even need a fucking face. It was like one article that was going around and it was like all of my parents' friends. And that's why I just don't even get on Facebook anymore. Facebook is such bullshit. Um, it's just literally my parents and their friends just, yeah. just spouting trying shit. Trying to get off of it. I don't really yeah. need it. I mean, I just have a lot. I just have a lot of old photos on there where I'm like, ah, uh, you, you know, can I like download all those. I mean, I know, but I don't know. You just download them all in one fail zip file. <sighs> yeah, I could. I could. Yeah. I mean, I, I really just don't even go on there. I mean, I just go on there for the film festivals and that's it. And it's a great event planning. It's not. On my, it's definitely not on my phone anymore. Don't have it. Like, it's just so pointless. But like there was like one article going around for a while and it was about you know, that, like, kneeling for the anthem bullshit. Um, uh, they were like, oh, the Saints were uh, on an airplane to the next destination for their game, and the captain was like, well, I was a commander in the Navy, and if you guys want to kneel for the flag, you know, fly your own plane or whatever. And, like, the, ca like, the captain of the plane, like, got off the plane or whatever and just left the plane in the runway at the <laughs> New Orleans airport. And my parents and their friends were, like, sharing this, like, wildfire. Like, yes, yeah, saints, fly your own plane, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the fuck? This isn't true. And you, like, literally, and, oh, my gosh, you want to piss off, like, a fucking baby boomer? Do a Snopes link on their Facebook page. Oh, right? Yeah. Snopes yeah. links. Oh, my gosh. That, like, oh, my God. They Didn't get the so Well, Snopes is a liberal website. Yeah. So uh, it's not always accurate. That's what I hate that we've gotten to yeah. is this just, like, we've gotten to a point where it's okay to not believe something because it's something you disagree with. Yeah. We're used to it. I mean, when we grew up, it was a thing that's like, well, fuck, I don't believe in gravity. But, yeah, I've read about it. And if I fall off this hill, I'm going to go down. Gravity, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. But it's a thing that exists. Yeah. Where now we're in a world that's like, nah, fuck gravity. That is Jesus working miracles against us for our sins and uh, our aborted fetuses because of all the sins oh that is in society or whatever bullshit it is that we're going against because Trump says so or whatever it is. It's all bullshit. And it's like, I'm sorry. Sometimes the truth fucking hurts. Like, yeah, just like climate change and stuff. It's like, yeah, sometimes the truth is nasty. You can run from the truth, but you cannot run from the consequences. But those always catch up to you. Yeah. And that's what irritates me is because we're going to have to deal with these fucking consequences of this bullshit that they're like, nah, that ain't happening. Yeah. And they're doing that with a ton of shit. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the boomers are going to have to deal with it soon, and they still they're, they are dealing nah. with it. Like, well, no, they'll, no, no. they'll just die. No, they will die, but they'll die alone in a home. They'll just die, and then we'll have to deal with it. I mean, we'll actually have to deal with it. 
But the way we can punish them is just put them in a like really bad yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. That's what I told my mom. Like every time my mom pisses me off, I'm like, I'm gonna put you in a home. Yeah. And then Jimmy Buffett came out with those like retirement cruises where you can just like live on the cruise boat. They have those. Oh, yeah. Wow. Good for him. I Good know, for right? Jimmy Buffet. <laughs> He's made a life on margaritas, sand, and vacation. And yeah, like and shitty music. But he's yeah. made a fucking career out of it. He's so made a good career. He has like a billion dollar empire off of Dude, this Dude, he's got an empire. Like this is Hustling. inspiring. I'm he's sick. got a whole hotel up in Pigeon Forge. What up there is Beachy and Margaritaville? Nothing. Pigeon Forge. But you've got trashy ass people that love Jimmy Buffet. No, it's Mountain Destin is what Pigeon Forge is now. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mountain Panama City. Yeah. Mountain Panama. I mean, because I used to, so we grew up going to the Smoky Mountains. We would go there like for the holidays. We'd go to Dollywood. We would stay in a cabin and just have this like beautiful holiday season. But now it's turned into fucking like Mountain it's Gypsy rough. Panama City. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Panama City, yeah. Florida. You start finding syringes in the creek. My favorite, so um, uh, so I used to be married at one point. Uh, this was my start of marriage to my English ex-husband. Um, and we would go on road trips all the time. Um, and we would go through Tennessee. I have family up there, and we would go visit friends and stuff, and then go down to Louisiana. But we would go to Tennessee, and we would he would love the Smoky Mountains because I, I you just kind of like, I guess like in the UK, you get like certain buzzwords about America, and Smoky Mountain's one of them. So we would go to this restaurant, and it was like the apple dumpling. And it was so funny because with every meal that you ordered, he was trying to be, like, he would try to be healthy and low-carb. So he ordered um, a chicken Caesar salad, and he orders it, and she goes, all right, you get two sides with that. And he's like, um, I don't know. How about you choose for me? And so she's like, sure, I got you. I, you know, I got you. And um, so, yeah, we actually both ordered chicken Caesar salads because we were just like, like if you've been in the UK for like two years and then all of a sudden come back to like deep fried cheese covered American food, it's kind of hard on you. So we both ordered salads. She comes out with these like bowls for the entire table. Like each of us get our individual bowls of these like little apple like donut holes, like apple cinnamon, like, like little donuts. And- um, Did you say a holes? Yeah. A-holes. Apple donut holes? Yeah. We Some can say that. We can say that. Um, and they're like cinnamon sugar covered. And he's like, what is this? She goes, uh, so yeah, every order gets these. You know, these, these are just for the table. And he's like, why on earth am I getting this like carb sugar? Like everything's covered in carbs and sugar. And it's all like, is this, like, is this fried? And she's like, well, yeah, it's fried. What else would it be? <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I'm like, please stop being such an American stereotype. But that's what it was. We came out with these fucking deep fried like apple fritters or whatever the fuck they were. And then our salads come out and then she brings us our sides. The sides were chicken and dumplings, which are like butter, carbs, chicken, oh, cream, yeah. everything. And then the other side was mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah. But guess what? His British ass ate all of it. America, it's delicious. Yeah. 
yeah, there's there were a couple times that you know what? Yes, uh, like English people like to hate on Americans, but guess what? They don't speak German. You're fucking welcome. Yeah. They uh, <laughs> they like Marmite. Marmite is dis- Marmite is fucking actually disgusting. Well, I do like Bob Roll though. Because you have this thing. So it's like it, you're either a Marmite person or a Bovril person. And okay. so, so everything in England is classist. Everything. Which I fucking hate because I think it's stupid. Over in America, this is one thing I love about the United States is that we really – we think we have a class system, but we really don't. Because anybody can be – like rags to riches stories are the best. Like if you were super poor and now you're super rich, you are held to a higher standard that's, than someone that was raised rich. In my opinion, and, and um, but over there, if you don't have the right name, or if you were like, so we had these really good friends that made great money. They both had amazing jobs. Like um, the husband, he was like in charge of marketing, and the wife, she like just had this incredible like kick-ass job, made tons of money, beautiful home, beautiful every like they were just went on vacations all the time. But because they were from Swindon, Swindon, they were working class. And my ex would always be like, oh, no, they're so working class and da, da, da. But because he had, like, the double barrel last name and he came from the Cotswolds and he went to boarding school, he was considered posh. However, he was broke as fuck. Like, he would go out and make his working class friends pay for his drinks. Like, he was so, it, it was so stupid because these people who were, like, just full of shit because they had like this nice last name and then they had this manor house that like lived in their gener- like lived in their family for generations like they were considered like high class I, it was so stupid so anyways marmite bovril if you are a marmite person you are working class because it's like this vegetable like concentrate thing okay but bovril is like a beef Wait, stock say this again so marmite Marmite. 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 And <laughs> Bovril. Or Bovril? So B-O-V-R-I-L. I'll show you the, I'll show you the jar. Bovril. I actually think I have a jar. Marmite oh, shit. I have a jar in my Bovril. storage. So Bovril is, it's a beef stock concentrate. And this is all okay. World War II shit. So World War II shit. So um, British culinary experience has not expanded much since World War II because they're still on that whole, like, rationing shit thing. Uh, and I hate to be like that, but, like, the food just really... I mean, it, it's I Like, they're, you know... Like, what was yeah. your... Tell, tell your quote from earlier. Well, no, it's... I don't even know where this quote originated from. It's not my own. That's all I can say. I don't know where it came from. But it's a funny joke to me is that England conquered... Most of the known world <laughs> at one point. And it's a tiny country. Yeah, tiny. A tiny. We're talking about... I need to compare it to England. Or, like, America. England to America. To get from Sirencester? To get from Sirencester, which was... What are we talking about? Something the size of Georgia? Yeah, it's like the size of Georgia. Okay, yeah. so to get... Like, maybe Florida. Maybe Florida. Yeah. So to get from Sirencester up to Scotland... So Sirencester is sort of the southwest side of England, uh, ish. We're like kind of yeah, like sort yeah. of mid. We, st- we still had some space below us, but so to get from Sirencester up to Scotland was a six-hour drive, and they okay, they would okay. flip the shit so, out. Yeah, we're talking Georgia. Yeah, we're talking Georgia, or at most like southern Georgia to North Carolina. Yeah, but not a big space. Yeah, and you fuckers 
conquered the known world. Colonized. Colonized everywhere. Took slaves. Did all your shit. Mm -hmm. And somehow pawned the slavery thing off on America. Yeah. In a weird way. Because you all had slaves, too. They started let's, it. Let's admit, like, you started that shit. They started it, and then they'll be like, oh. You just taught it to us and be like, no, nah, they're doing bad. No, because they would try to say, I would even use that. I'd be like, y'all fucking started it. Well, but we stopped it. We actually stopped it 200 years before you did. You we did. Too. We, no, we stopped it too, motherfuckers. But trends take a little while. And then you took every spice from the known world because you conquered it. You conquered it. And you took every spice from the known world and decided to not use a single goddamn one of them in any of your fucking foods. And if you want to argue with me, British people, I love all of my British friends. I love them so much. But, okay, what are your main foods? Like chicken and mushroom pasty, uh, like sausage roll. Like the foods that I had over there. I mean, English breakfast. English is breakfast. not anything that beans. takes any culinary beans. artistical ability. Yeah, like beans, black pudding, toast, mushrooms, tomatoes. What is black pudding? Black pudding is like blood pudding. So it's like sausage, but it's like a lot of blood uh, in it. Okay. It's actually really delicious. Yeah. It's like a lot of fat and blood. Yeah, it's fatty, yeah. It's really delicious. And I actually do, I, I, I do, I do love a good English breakfast. Like if, if you're like super hungover, English breakfast I mean, is like. I love an English breakfast, yeah. but I can make that at home. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, you can make easy. it home for sure. But it's, it's got to be like the Heinz beans with no flavor. Because if you use like actual like American barbecue beans oh. with flavor in it, it's got to be like the unflavored. It's like almost like ketchup and beans. Oh. But they go, oh, 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 yeah, absolutely. Get a full English. Get a full English. Get your sausage, your black, black pud. You know, get your beans on toast and your mushrooms and your tomato, tomatoes. Yeah, that. I can yeah. do that. I like that. But still, it's not got a whole lot of flavor going on. No, but it's, it, it soaks up. You the even beans. telling me that, you're like, no, nah, ditch any flavoring. You want ketchup and beans. No. <laughs> I mean, no, that, seriously, it's like the, the beans over there. It's just like they have the, like, specific, yeah. like, English Heinz beans and it's basically like ketchup and beans. It's disgusting. Um, but but you know what? You get used to it and it's like uh, like uh, pork pies, pork pies. It's like pork and then it has like a little bit of like uh, chutney and then it's like covered in like um, crescent rolls. No pastry, pastry and sausage like a Scotch egg. So you mm. have like a hard boiled egg but like sort of soft boiled. Yeah. Sausage around it, yep. deep fried. Yeah, freaking delicious because sausage, yep. eggs, like it's delish. Like you know, plain as fuck. And then like the really delicious, amazing food. Like um, my ex, he'd be like, "All right, you know, let's go out. Let's get some really good food. Let's go get a really good English curry." And we'd go to, like to like the Indian restaurants and get like curry. <laughs> and that was their thing. They would claim it as English curry. I mean, I guess to some degree they did invent it. I, at least, oh, you know, I, I, don't I don't know who invented it. I don't know. I don't know who invented because it. Because I know Britain had England or Britain had India for a good bit. I mean, that's kind of we're seeing that whole thing in Hong Kong right now. That's because of England. And I bet they didn't even get a fucking a bit of spice out of that. And you got protests going on. But that's what that's from is uh, these protests in Hong Kong is. Hong Kong was under British rule up until the 90s. Yeah. And they were like, no, we're going to give it back over. But Hong Kong, for 50 years, is going to maintain as its own weird little piece. And now China's moving in. 
And Hong Kong's like, well, yeah, we thought we had 50 years, and we were going to champion for our own thing, but now you guys are infringing. So, weird thing, but yeah, that's English shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's their, their fault, fault essentially. essentially. Yeah. But my, my British friends are so much fun. Like, they're really cool, but like, I love my British friends. Yeah, they're awesome. And they, but you know, like, all, no. But, yeah. but, and they'll sit, they'll, they'll like make fun of themselves yeah. just as much. Yeah. Like, actually, British people are the best at making fun of themselves and being very self deprecating and like. They really uh, are. You, you, one of my favorite things to get British people to do, which this next little red around the collar, despite my greatest efforts, is a little red around the collar. One of my favorite things to get British people to do is to go out in the sticks and shoot guns. They love <laughs> it. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. Can we listen to some ACDC while we do this? <laughs> yeah, it's great. No, my ex, every time we would come to the States, he'd be like, are we going to go to a gun range? Does your family own guns? Is that what we're doing? We're going on a road trip. I thought we're doing right. No, and uh, yeah, he he was so funny. British, very British. Um, yeah, I lived over there for three. I actually have my driving license over there. Nice. Yeah, nice. I know how to drive a stick shift, but but on the um, opposite side of yeah. the car and with Man, my felt, left hand. That seems so weird. It is weird, me. but yeah. you know what? Trying to drive stick shift with my right hand is weird. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you to take over for a second because I have to. I have to pee. Well, I need to wrap this up anyway. Oh we're, lord, we're yeah. hitting our time limit oh, for wow. a standard. Uh, Brew chat episode. Yeah. So I'll just go ahead and wind it down. Let's do it. We talked but, about uh, so many things. Yeah. Since I'm going to edit this and post, I don't really have to do ad reads. Yeah. Thank you all so much again for listening. That was so much fun. Um, huge shout out again to Tanner from Brew Chat. Um, you can follow Brew Chat on Instagram at Brew Chat, and chat is with two T's, like short for Chattanooga. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, thank you again to the Hopped Up Network for supporting Bitch Beer and all of the other amazing beer podcasts on their network. Definitely go check them out to see other uh, amazing beer podcasts. Um, and finally, a big thank you to Sweet Crude for our title song, Parlez Nous et Um Huge shout out to anybody who knows what that means in French. I do. Um, so email me or send me a message on Instagram and maybe you'll get a special surprise. <laughs> um, I will be back in two weeks with another kick-ass person in beer and I hope you stay tuned. Thanks so much and have a great day. Ça va te la voler. Oh, parlez-nous à boire, non pas du maillage. Toujours en regrettant nos jolis temps passés. Si que tu te manies avec un vilain fille, t'es dans le grand danger, faudra tu fais ta vie avec. Oh, parlez-nous à Travailler tout
Hoje é fadra, trapé de grande flor. Vamos, teu grande flor, é que há de nunca vir a